Welcome to the Inspired Word of God. My name is Marcia. Today's message is God can change anybody's heart. Lord, as I go forward with this message, I ask for your will and purpose to be revealed. Increase in me, Lord, and decrease myself that your will and purpose will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. It says in the book of Acts 7.58, And cast him out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Acts 8.1 And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Who was Saul? Saul is one of those people that God chose to be his servant. This man went around persecuting Christians, arresting men and women, throwing them in prison for their beliefs, and he watched while people got executed. Saul's name was changed to Paul after his conversion. Paul was a tent maker. He was a trained Pharisee. He was very diligent and true to being a Pharisee. So what's a Pharisee? A Pharisee is a member of a Jewish sect that flourished during the first century BC and AD. And it differed from the Sadducees in strict observance of religious ceremonies and practices adherence to oral laws and traditions and beliefs in an afterlife and the coming of the Messiah. And the difference between them and the Sadducees is that the Sadducees rejected the oral laws and traditions and they denied an afterlife and the coming of the Messiah. But with the, with the Pharisees, there was also hypocrisy. So here's a good example. In Luke 7:36, it reads, And one of the Pharisees desired him that would eat with him. They're talking about Jesus right here. One of the Pharisees invited Jesus to eat with him. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet and behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with her hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spoke within himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who, what, and manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor 
that had two debtors. One owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. The Pharisees were so diligent in their observance of everything related to the law and the religion, but they failed to exhibit the compassion to people. They looked down their noses at sinners, and instead of trying to help them and give them a hand up, they pointed a finger at them. And that's how religion is today. People get so caught up into the religion that they let go of or they lose sight of the service to God and what that truly means. And when you lose sight like that, you fall out of alignment with God and his purpose in serving him and in serving his people and in saving souls because you're too caught up into the religion and your, your focus is, is clouded. It's offset. So the Pharisees showed a lot of hypocrisy. Going back to Paul, he was put in a position to defend himself and his faith before King Agrippa. Saul, who was the persecutor, was now the persecuted as Paul, as he defended himself. It says in Acts 26 two, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews especially because I know thee to be expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore I beseech thee to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers. He goes on to say in Acts 26, 9, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest, 
And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blasphemy. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Paul goes on to give his testimony to King Agrippa and tell him how he became converted when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. This man is telling King Agrippa who he used to be compared to how he is now in Christ. And as he told the story about meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus and that his life was converted, his story was so compelling to King Agrippa, his testimony was, that the king admitted to him that he could almost become Christian himself. It says in Acts 26, 28, 9, 28, 29, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day, were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. Who you were yesterday, you do not have to be today. There are many of you sitting out there feeling depressed and bitter because life is harsh in your eyes and you see no hope from one day to the next. There are a few of you out there who are feeling on top of the world because things are going your way by the things you choose to do, but those things that you are doing are in direct opposition to God. You will continue to feel on top of the world and untouchable until things go awry and you are brought down and your things are now gone. Then there are those who will own their mistakes, knowing they did wrong and looking for a way out, looking for hope somewhere, somehow, some way. God can change anybody. He can use anybody for his purpose, for his will, in serving him to reach a lost and dying world. The more caught up we are in this material society, the harder it is to let go. It's about serving God. But there is perspective there. God never said you couldn't have a nice and comfortable life. There are people who are comfortable in life and they're content. They have perspective. They are devout in their faith and they truly serve God. They don't have to live a lavish lifestyle because their needs are met. And most important, their life belongs to the Lord and it is reflected in their walk. So it's about that perspective. He never said you can't have, but sometimes people go overboard with it. And then when they go overboard with it, the have that they have, the riches that they have, that becomes their God. Unfortunately, some people are so tied to the riches of this world, they can't imagine anything else. But for those who are feeling dissatisfied with your current situation, right now and you're seeking something more fulfilling 
I invite you to give God a try. Whoever you are, whatever you have done, if you ask God to forgive you, he will. If you ask God to come into your heart, he will do that. And he will be very happy to do that. If you seek a fuller life, something different than the pain, darkness, and hopelessness you currently reside in, give God a chance. Come to God. Ask him to be your Lord and Savior. Ask him to pull you out of the darkness and he will bring you into the light. Recall the story a minute ago that I was telling you about in Luke 7:36 about the sinful woman who sat at Jesus' feet and washed his feet with her tears and wiped his feet with her hair. He knew she was a woman of sin before she ever approached him. But he, for, he forgave her. Jesus did not make it hard to come to him at all. He forgave people their sin and told them to go and sin no more. Some people in this world make it hard for you to try to redeem yourself. You don't have to try that with God. Those people who encountered Jesus did not have to try. He simply said, you are forgiven. Go and sin no more. And that's how it is for us today. When we come to Christ with our sins and we ask him to forgive us, he forgives. He does not make it hard for you. He doesn't do like humans and point fingers and rake you over the coal and keep throwing things in your face and going over it and over it again and again, preaching to you, belittling your feelings. He does not do that. He simply opens his arms and receives you. If you are genuine and sincere and you come to him and ask him to forgive you your sins, whatever your sins have been. He will genuinely forgive you and accept you into his heart and you will be in his. Today, if you make that choice to come to Christ, and I sincerely hope that you do, it will not be hard for you at all. Ask him to come into your heart and forgive your sins. If I were talking to you in person or at the sound of my voice right now, I would say the same thing to you. And that is, I would tell you to confess your sins to the Lord, ask him for forgiveness, and ask him to come into your heart. I would tell you to have a private conversation with God as you confess your sins to him and you ask for forgiveness. I do not personally prefer to have people to repeat after me if I'm leading them to Christ because I can't speak your sin. Only you and God know what that is. And I feel that that's between you and God. So I would instruct you on how to come to Christ and ask for forgiveness. But when it comes to confessing your sins, I believe you need to do that privately between you and God and ask him to forgive you of them. So I am encouraging you to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation with him, releasing your sins to him. Be willing to accept him into your heart and get ready for an awesome experience with God. Paul was a persecutor. He went 
seeking people who were Christians, throwing them in jail for their faith, and stood by and watched them get executed. God stopped him in his tracks literally as he was headed to do more damage when he was on that road to Damascus. This man who persecuted people for believing in Christ became a Christian himself. The persecutor became the persecuted as people sought to kill him. But once a Christian, Paul became sold out to Christ. He traveled and spread the word of God everywhere he went, converting people to the faith. Those who weren't Jewish, the Gentiles, became Christians because Paul taught them that Christ's salvation was for everyone, the Jew and the Gentile. The work that Paul did for Christ can be seen throughout the New Testament. Paul wrote many letters that have become books in the New Testament. So you can read his story and the work that he did for the Lord when you read the New Testament. No matter how hard you have lived out there in this world, no matter what you have done, God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. He will forgive you because God can change anybody's heart who is willing and ready to have their heart changed. He won't force himself on you and he gives you free will. But it doesn't matter who you are and what you've done. God and only God can change your heart. I mean, Paul is proof of that. This man was killing people and imprisoning people. And he was diligent in his, in his actions because he thought the Christian movement was a danger to the, the Judaism. So he was diligent in what he believed in and what he did until God met him on that road and changed his heart. And once that happened, he was just equally diligent, if not more so, for Christ. And everything he did, he did it in obedience to Christ. He did everything that the Lord directed him to do. And he was obedient in all of his work. And he suffered many, many trials as people tried to kill him. And he was stoned. And he was imprisoned. So he suffered a lot of things. But he did not fall from the faith once he was a converted man. There is more the redemption. You ask God to forgive you. You, you accept him into your heart. It says in Romans 6, 3, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized in Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And in Acts 4.12 it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So when you get baptized in water, you should get baptized in the name of Jesus. And symbolic of going under that water, death to sin, and raising up out of that water, a new creature in Christ. I encourage you today that if you are having 
any doubts, any depression and despair, that you would give God a try. And if you've been in Christ in the past, but you fell to the wayside, it's not like you can't come back to him because he is there and waiting for you right now. In closing prayer, Lord, let your message of redemption travel through many hearts today. I pray for one somebody who needs a changed heart. I pray for one somebody who desires to know who you are. For that one somebody who may have fallen away from you and they feel that they can't come back or that it's hopeless, but it is not hopeless. They can come back. I pray that they will reach out and give you a try. They've tried everything else out in the world and things are not working out. So I pray that they come to you and they give you a chance. Let it be so in the name of Jesus. Amen.